In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed and Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. You ready, Nick? Let's do it. (laughs) 
All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. Full house of us here ready to kick it up and talk about it. We got a fine one for you here tonight. If you have ever wondered how to tighten up your pattern and get them birds just a little bit better, the man, the myth, the legend from Jeb's Choke is here with us tonight. Y'all pull up a chair instead of a while. Y'all going to enjoy this one. Nicholas, turkey season's rolling right along, and I know it's been a long time coming for this little conversation to take place. Man, I have been going back and forth trying to get him on, get him on, and before I called him, whatever, we met up at NWTF, you know, and I had been rocking his product for a long time, so I'm excited to get on this one. Well, not being a turkey hunter myself, uh, but knowing how much of a passion you put into it. I've always heard you talk about jebs, 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 jebs. And I thought for a long time, I thought you were saying jegs like the car magazine. I thought, I didn't know they made jokes too. (laughs) But when you explained to me where it was coming from, and then you told me that it was made right here in good old GA, I was excited to talk to this gentleman, and I know you're pumped up for this one. Well, I think think you're going to get a lot out of this episode too because, you know, me and you were – you know, talking about guns and sighting them in and stuff like that, and, and you really didn't have the, the knowledge about, you know, guns not being patternable right out of the box. So I think this will help too. Yeah, I've got some interesting questions for it and uh, some stuff that's been stewing around on my brain. But, you know, pleasure to be here with you tonight. Nice to have Caleb and uh, his better half, Tyler, with us here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, right out of the gate, a turkey killer and a uh, and a household name in the turkey hunt community in the south. This gentleman's been doing this for a long time. He's probably got more birds credited to his name dead than uh, anybody in the market right now when you think about it because there's a lot of people using his product. But Mr. Bobby Sears from Jeb's Chokes, welcome to Talk About It Outdoors. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad to be here. As it's went through the years, there's so many questions that's come to mind just thinking about doing this episode with you. But the one question that I'm going to ask right out of the gate to get this thing firing on all cylinders, have you ever heard of somebody straightening a shotgun barrel? Yes, sir. That actually has become commonplace nowadays with the with, with the conception of especially TSS and the better loads that we have and the, the better choke tubes that's on the market. Uh, we really have turned shotguns into uh, big bore rifles almost. It's, it's crazy because now we have 10-inch and 20-inch patterns at 40 yards, and when you achieve that, you're looking at ping pong and baseball size patterns at 10 and 20. So you, you have to be definitely – point of aim, point of impact, uh, sighted in. And sometimes people don't want to adjust to some kind of optics or scopes or, uh, birth fast fire. So we actually straighten the shotgun barrels to hit point of aim, point of impact. Well, there was a guy uh, that I talked about years ago and I've had cousins and Nick and I have a dinner once a week early on in the year, every, every year that we go to at my uncle's. And there was a gentleman there that was talking about a feller up in North Georgia at one time had a forked tree out in his yard, and he was world-renowned for taking – you'd take a shotgun barrel to him. This is old stuff. And he'd put it in that forked tree and straighten it out. Have you ever heard a tale like that? Well, you know, it hadn't changed much since then. Uh, I think they do make a, a, a professional bending machine, but my partner, he is – I tell you, he's one of a kind, and he he is just he just knows how to make a shotgun tick, and he can look at that barrel and shoot that thing, and he'll take it out to. We got a, a Chinese chestnut tree in our front of our facility, and it's kind of known now as as the barrel bender because he'll take it out there and bend it a couple of times and shoot it a couple of times, and before you know it, it's dead on the money. Well, I tell you what, if he's firing off on them rogue ammo shells, if he's having to bend it more than a couple of times, I guarantee you his uh, shoulder is sore because uh, that's putting out some powder. Yes, but he's trying to get it straight on the first try, I can promise you. <laughs> well, you, you asked that question, Alex, thinking that this was a long time ago. We're in 2022, and they're still using yeah, an yeah, old tree. That's a, yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking. It was back in the 60s or something, old 16 gauge you got from your grandpa. But, you know, it takes a lot of trust for somebody to bring a – you know, twelve fifteen hundred dollars shotgun down there. Let somebody stick in the fork of a tree. <laughs> you, you, usually, guys, we go have a, a coke or something while Jimmy's doing that. I, I can't even watch myself. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting to hear because I'd never heard that from anyone. And uh, my my cousin Mark brought it up, and and his dad Joe was telling about it, and he said they'd have a fork of tree, and then he'd have some sacks of like wheat or or something soft, and he'd hit it on them sacks to straighten it out a little bit, and. Buddy, I tell you what, I ain't want nobody to go bending on a gun like you said, Nick. That's a lot of money and a lot of trust. Mr. Bobby, before we get into uh, the whole chokes and the rogue and stuff like that, let's take it all the way back to when you was a kid before Jebs was even created. Tell us how you got your start in the outdoors. A great family passion passed down from generation to generation. My father and grandfather and his father. Um, we just It's just been a family thing we did. It's just part of our life. If we wasn't hunting, we was fishing. We were always doing something in the outdoors. And back when I came in the early 70s, um, it, we did it also, you know, to provide for family. And it has just stuck with me, and I've passed it down to my son. And now I've got a grandson coming along, and I want to definitely pass the passion for the outdoors down to them as well because it's something that I think is a wholesome, wonderful sport for a family and it, it just kind of bonds us together, and as a community and a hunting community, too. Is it just a traditional turkey and deer for where you live, maybe squirrel and rabbits, or anything else? Squirrel, rabbit, yes, sir. We shoot a few ducks, not many, just, you know, some woodies and stuff like that, but turkey and deer mainly, and wild hogs. We've had wild hogs for many years, and... You know, it's it's just been a great thing to see. It's not so much always the kill; it's it's the camaraderie uh, of being together and you know cooking and and the three sixty of it all, the full circle. That's right. Now down there where you live at, you have black bears down that far. No, sir. We not in my area. Now you can go further south, like to Waycross and Oak Finoke, and they do have some. But here in our area, you may get one guy have a picture, you know, a year or something on his trail cam, but it's nothing that I've never personally seen one alive in the woods. Gotcha. Well, run us through. Where did the name Jebs come from? Actually. My partner and I, when we were getting together and all this, he he was writing down his stuff, and then I was writing down we were going to pick the best name. And he came to me the next morning. He said, I've got it. And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, it's Jibs. And I said, okay, how in the world did you get Jibs? He said, well, I took my first initial, Jimmy. My grandson, his name Egan, is the E, and you are B, and that's Jeb. And he said, I just made it plural for Jibs. I said, Okay, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not taken on the market right now, so we can use it. And it definitely rolls off the tongue as a household name when it comes to turkey hunting. Now, when you guys first started, and, and I want to kind of go down that journey way because it, it needs to slow down, and I think that that story hasn't been quite told. Did you start in a garage or did you start, you know, in in the back of a shop somewhere? Or, or what was the basis behind starting building shotgun chokes? Well, Gibby and I had been friends for many years, and he is quite a hunter himself. And But mainly he loved to whitetail hunt. And I'd been hunting turkeys, and we had talked back into it. He really wanted to get into that, and being the kind of old country boys we is, we kind of don't want to sometimes ask too many questions. We want to figure it out for ourselves. So he quickly figured out if you just bought, a, a, you know, any kind of shell and any kind of choke to, you weren't going to achieve the patterns that guys have been out there after it for years have found. Uh, they were stuff out there that was good back in the day, but compared to now, it was mediocre. So he just he just began there and off time in the shop he worked in after hours just playing with different concepts he would play in his mind and he'd go out to the range and try it. He called me and you know we we get together and to be honest I was very skeptical because one he didn't have any knowledge other than he was an expert machinist but far as the, the competition wise in the choke world i'd been to turkey hunting like 25 years at this time and i tried a five gallon bucket of different things um you know and set it on one and i was thinking well this guy never turkey hunted but yet he's invented the best turkey choke 
that I've ever seen. And it, like I said, it was very hard to wrap my head around, but the proof was in the pudding. He showed me very quick on the range. He could change my mind. <laughs> I'll tell you. Now, the idea behind a shotgun choke, what is it? I mean, you know, we say choke, and what is the thought process that goes into using a choke, and what does it what does it do? Well, you know, like back in the old days, you'd, you'd buy a shotgun barrel. It'd be a modified barrel or an improved barrel or maybe even a full barrel. So as things progressed, what it, what it, let me get back to that. What it does is allows you to constrict the barrel diameter size as it exits, which tightens your pattern. So as things progress, people say, well, man, this is kind of handicapped me. I'd like to shoot quail with this gun and ducks, but I have it only, the barrel's only modified. So they got to thinking, well, I can put a choke pocket in and use any size exit diameter choke and be very versatile from deer to coyote to ducks to quail um, or turkeys. And so that's where kind of that came along. It was kind of the need for necessity. The people couldn't afford a bunch of shotguns, but he could afford a couple of different choke tubes and keep the same shotgun. So I think that's that's kind of where it was driven from. We had the, the, the barrel itself, but we just had to be able to use it multitasking. And I, it really has, it makes a difference. It, it really does because you can shoot a full choke or you can shoot an improved cylinder and the patterns, you know, reflect that on the target. So, correct me if I'm wrong here, but a lot of the old double barrel shotguns, the over unders and the side by sides, they had they had one like a modified barrel and a full barrel on there, didn't they? That's correct. Yeah, it is correct. I do have some of my granddad's guns, and some of them would be full, and some of them would be mod. You know, which which worked out good. But I'll tell you, throughout everything I've seen. Shotguns can be finicky. You can have two just alike, and with the different loads that are on the market today, you may get a shotgun which shoots one of our 655 and a 12 gauge, unbelievable, and the same exact shotgun with the same exact load in the next one may be a 660, but still was the same outcome on the target. And so it, it gives you more versatility as to what you can jump around and do and actually match the exit diameter with the load and shotgun you have. With choosing the correct number for your shotgun, if it's a 660, 665, or 655, when someone's purchasing that, what do they need to be looking for when they're looking for that type of choke? Well, you <laughs> Well, we, you know, we have a, a great consumer uh, response team that you can call into. And what we try to do is try everything on the market to give you our best. It's, it's basically a guess, but what we've seen on the, the range every day. So when he calls in, our first uh, questions would be to the customer, what kind of shotgun do you have? What ammo do you want to shoot? And what distance do you want? Is it for a, a novice hunter, somebody that's just starting out, or is it from a somebody who's been hunting a while that really wants to tighten it down? And that's what sways us towards which restriction size we uh, recommend for that customer. So the higher the number, the tighter the pattern, correct? No, sir. The lower the number. In other words, in our 12-gauge line, a 650 is our tightest, and it goes up to a 665, uh, 5,000 increments apart. So it would be 650, 655, 660, and 665. And the more open, not always, but the more open the exit diameter usually the more open the pattern. But nowadays with the... uh, the new infection of PSS, that's kind of changed a little bit because it's so hard. Does, does most people just find that common middle, like a 660? Yes, sir. Uh, that was 655. For the, we've been in business now. This is our 11th year. 655 is probably our number one seller until the last couple of years where PSS has really, really come on strong. And now it's probably our 660. We open them up just a little bit, not for 
any kind of danger factor because they have extremely hard, but it's just for the sake we won't want to over constrict a pattern and actually blow it. Uh, it can have a reverse effect if you get too tight. So usually 660 is about right on the numbers for any kind of TSS load in a 12 gauge. And that was going to be my next question. You can get one too tight, and it'll make the pattern even flare out even more. Yes, sir. It kind of give it a donut effect, you know, where you'll have nothing in the middle and, and just kind of a circle around. When that thing is really humming and doing its best, and, and what we try to do on the range is, after all the studies and everything that we come up with, if you can achieve in 10 inches at 40 yards, from 45 to 50% pellet retention of whatever's in the shell you're trying to shoot and then 85 to 95 in 40 inches you've done it you've done it i don't care whose choke tube or whose ammo or whose shotgun it is if you've done that you've gotten everything out of a shotgun you gonna get now there are all exceptions to any rules and we do see occasionally some better um but if you can achieve that for every customer he he'll be happy and you'll be happy there's a standard um do you guys when you guys are making these hang on let me back up i mean i'm getting ahead of myself on a standard shotgun let's say you go out and you purchase a new benelli and it has x amount of choke tubes with it and it has an extra full what what is typically what is that number compared to like a 650 or, or 660 it, it depends on the manufacturer's barrel dimensions to start with um some are 720 and some are uh, 710. So in some cases, a full choke is like 700. It can be 710, 705, like I said, depending on which manufacturer you're talking about. But then we're choking it down 650,000, 50,000 tighter than a, a, what they call a standard factory full choke for whichever manufacturer you're talking about. So to be able to do that, we had to do a lot of thinking and Jimmy was able to figure out that you didn't need to force everything down that choke tube in one restriction to one stabilizer and let it exit the barrel. You needed to do it gradually and it stopped the disruption of the the shot as it exited the wad cup and it just made patterns come together like you've never seen in a more even, I mean, if we shoot day to day to day, you know, a customer's gun shouldn't vary over about 10 pellets. He'd count every time. And that's what we're trying to achieve, something that's very consistent. He can depend on every time he shoots it. Another another question here. When you are when you do purchase a Jeb's choke and you, put, and you screw it in, can it depend on what type of ammo you're putting through that? How tight or not as tight that pattern will be? Uh, very much so, yes, sir. It, it It's a factor of three different things, and, and like I said, really for what you want to do with it. But it, it has a lot to do with ammo and, and the top shotgun, um, the, the barrel dimensions, and, and just basically trial and error of everybody's ammo and different things out there. We see every day as to what we would, you know, recommend you to start with it. Now that we're not saying that's exactly right every time and we do offer within the first thirty days if a customer does get a choke to and it doesn't perform like we, you know, tell them it should. We give them the option to give us a call back, and we'll send them another choke tube. And usually, five thousand see the way it'll come into, you know, what it's going to do. And sometimes we have to do that. It is no problem. That's what we we build our business on is helping our customers that that next, you know, step to. Nowadays, with the cost of everything, you don't want to waste money. And and eighty five to a hundred dollar choke tube is definitely not on everybody's budget. So we want to help as many people out as we can to get what they actually want. So you mean to tell me you're a business in twenty twenty two and you're actually customer service driven, Mister Bobby? <laughs> that is a crazy concept, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? And I'm telling you, I, I deal with a lot of companies. I wish I could get them to use the same motto. <laughs> but we actually built this business because we were so unknown. And it's in in 2011, there's many established choke companies that are super and still are. And so we had to 
we had to set ourselves apart. We'd have customers come to the, the booth and say, you know, what makes you different than so-and-so? And you could go through and talk and all, and you could tell he wasn't kind of believing it because he didn't know. And I said, after a while, I got thinking about it. I said, well, what's it so smart? And I thought about I said, if we can make the customer happy by swapping something that doesn't work, or in the very worst-case scenario, if you are just totally unpleased with how that choke tube is, we'll totally refund your money. And that's kind of, I was, that goes back to my family values, how my father raised me, never take advantage of anybody. And we, we've done that. We have customers that sometimes don't know really what they've got and they come to us, you know, and they had a lot of work done to gun and it didn't make it any better. And we were, you know, we'll be the first one to stand up and say, Hey, you don't need to buy a choke tube. You've got the, the gun. You just need to, you know, put a side on it or, or maybe change the ammo or whatever uh, if you want to take it to the next level, but you don't need to choke to. And that's the way we build our business. And we have been so doggone successful and blessed by doing it that way that uh, we have grown exponentially every year. I want to tell a quick story on that real quick because I can attest to uh, that they'll take something back and trade it out. And I told Mr. Bobby this up at uh, NWTF, but – I can't. I don't know what year it was. I, I guess it was right when you guys first started. There used to be a little ad, probably a two inch by two inch ad in the back of a GON magazine here, local okay. to us in Georgia. And I found that number. And it was probably bigger than two inches. I'm probably discrediting them a little bit, but not much. <laughs> I, I I called that number, and I believe I believe it was you or Jimmy picked up because it was basically your. It's the same number, and had to be back then. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, it was that same number. And I told you, I said, I got a Browning Vector Plus. You said, here's the here's what I'd recommend. You sent it to me. And I shot it a few times. And I said, I, I called you back. I said, I really don't like it. He said, I tell you what, I'm going to send you this other one. And before I got the other one in the mail, I had the other one here at my house. And I was like, you know what? I'll continue to shoot Jeb's for that very reason right there. Was you still messing with it knowing you as a shooter? No. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I feel like that somebody's going to take the time to do something like that, then I can stand behind them. Absolutely. And and you make mention of those little ad spots in GON. It, it kind of – it's funny how that's changed over the years from platform to platform. It was a market bulletin ad or a GON ad back in the day when you wanted to sell something or, you know, make your name get known, and folks read those ads – Whereas now it's with the social media and the podcasts and te- television, you know, ads and stuff like that. Have you have you seen the business mindset change with that, Mister Bobby, over the years and where y'all drive y'all's business? Yeah, in, in some instances, definitely because in two thousand and eleven, maybe twelve, even into thirteen, Jimmy and I were kind of like snake oil salesmen. We put it in the back of our truck and we'd go to any shoot or any range that we could or anybody that had any interest that would listen to us, we would take that thing on the road and go to them. And by the grace of God, and I'll give him all the glory, uh, our business now um, with social media and stuff like wonderful guys like you guys putting it on the shows, it, it has helped people gain confidence in the Jeb's Choke name and what we can do. And, that, and that's what we still strive every day is customer service and one-on-one, you know, relationship with each and every customer. Um, right now, my son and Jimmy's son and two or three more that work at the business, they about pull their hair out. I bet you the phone will ring 200 times a day. It just is back to back to back, but it's customers that are really concerned on what they're getting, and we want to take the time to assure them that's what you are getting, and if it doesn't work, hey, we'll help you out. We'll make it right. That's an awesome concept, and as I said, it, it is funny to, to know the way that corporate America and things have changed for a lot of aspects because I can promise you there's probably – I would say less than 10% of choke companies in general, if we're speaking to that, that would allow you to return something you've tried and didn't work and then send you something else and talk you through that process. Now you get an automated call service and it wants you to input 15 different things. And a feller just don't want that. He says, I got this shotgun. What do you recommend? 
if that don't right. work, what do you recommend next? So it's a, it's a it's a heck of a concept, <laughs> Nick. I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> Where, when was the first time you and Jimmy realized when you made the first couple chokes and you went to these shoots or whatever? When did you realize that you had a product that could compete with some of these other guys on the market? Well, the first the first year in two thousand eleven, uh, just to catch up a quick little story about it. I, my dad. He passed now, but he we came to him after I saw some results on our range with some good local turkey hunters that had good guns, and we had tremendous success. And they were very, very much uh, surprised, and, and you know, in the way this thing worked. And he said, "Guys, you need to get it patented." So we got a patent lawyer in the process, and for a while it was patent pending for a year or so. And all that time since then. A a couple of people had heard about it, and this one man that did a lot of research for gun companies and choke companies uh, reached out to us, and he was wanted to write an article. And I, boy, I was excited. And then as the further we talked, you know, he was going to write all all the everything we built it out of and how it worked. And then I thought, good gracious, what if he doesn't like it? And I just point blank asked him. His name was Clark Bush. And I said, Mr. Clark. What if you don't like it? Are you going to write something bad? I said, because we were out of the stage trying to get this thing off the ground. That wouldn't work too good. He said, no. He assured me, no, that that was not his intent whatsoever. It was just trying to get a new product out there on the market in front of everybody. So as the, as the year went on that first year, he talked us into coming to the NWTF uh, field target championship, which is nothing but dedicated to shooting turkey loads at turkey targets at 40 yards with different choke tubes, uh, different companies. And Lord have mercy, you're talking about somebody who was uh, a little fish in a big pond. That was me and Jimmy. We showed up in just our camouflage with one shotgun in the tackle box. And we were met by people with shooting shirts and tents and hats and spot and scopes and I thought well, if we could have got back to the car with nobody seen us, we'd probably left. But Mr. Clark, he bless his heart, he reassured us and he kept, you know, strengthening the 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 uh, the the engineering behind what Jimmy had accomplished and thought of doing. And uh, the good Lord just blessed us, and I won the very first year we went myself personally, and I never shot in any kind of competition with shotgun wise or anything like that, and was able to get in there with the guys that won 10- and 12-year world championships and just won it with the only thing we had. We didn't even think about it. If the shotgun broke or the choke <laughs> broke, we went all out with one, and it, it worked out for us. What gun was that you guys carried there? Actually, we tried a bunch of different things when he told us kind of what to expect and what distances. We ended up with a Browning BPS 12-gauge pump. Um, and you talking about something to kick, but now that thing will shoot. <laughs> now, do y'all st- y'all still have that thing? We do. Actually, we ended up winning twelve world championships, and we set six world records in eight years until the NWTF finally stopped happening. But we hold the world record still in the twelve gauge hunter class, which is nothing but a stock shotgun anybody can buy with our choke too. And at the time, it was Winchester long beard ammo and in the 20-gauge stock class. So we were very pleased to do it. Now, they have some competition classes where you can build some guns, and we won some world championships in that too. But it means more if it's something that anybody can go in a store and buy. I love it. I, and, and I tell you, the one thing I keep sitting here listening to is the passion that, that – you put into this and and i'm sure your partner's the same way but it is something that you truly believe in and i think that's that could be said for any success behind it all and and what y'all put into it do you do you miss them old days of the uh, the uh the beginning a little bit now that the fast-paced world's picked up with it mr bobby I, I do because I got to hunt a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I think it's time for us to spin right into our shooting you straight segment, Nick. With that, with that question. This week's shooting you straight brought to you by land specialist Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties. 
If you're looking to buy or sell land in the Northwest Georgia area, give our boy Cal a call. 770-296-2163. Day or night. Mr. Bobby, we're going to ask a question here. One of our listeners, Mr. Justin Mossinger, wrote in and asked, um, where is the prettiest place that you've ever set, either to turkey hunt, deer hunt, whatever kind of hunting you want to pertain it to, where's the prettiest place you've ever set? Well, I am partial to this old, old muggy river swamp, but I'll tell you, when I started getting to travel to go out west a little bit, uh, there's in in the Rocky Mountains, elk hunting and turkey hunting, I've been out there that are just, you, you just can't believe that the good Lord made something so magnificent. I mean, it's just, it'll take your breath. It really does. To see a sunrise and hear a turkey gobble or hear elk bugle or something like that, man, it's, it's it's an old redneck country boy's dream. <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Alex? Uh, by far, you know, and I could probably go into deer hunting and say that that uh, a cool November morning in Illinois is one of my favorite places to see it. But I guess the prettiest morning I've ever sat anywhere was up in on the uh, on the Clinch River in Tennessee, coyote hunting. I'll never forget it. The sun came up over the mountains, and we could see for just forever it seemed like and right at daylight one howled and it came right in was able to able to get it killed but i, I will never forget that morning frosty me and uh michael worley were sitting there and i thought this is the prettiest prettiest spot i've ever sat in in my life and, and hunted something so yeah caleb how about you uh i'd probably say tennessee when me and tyler went up there turkey hunting there was a field we sat in i mean just beautiful green field the mountains and the gobblers was up on the mountain just gobbling so it was beautiful Beautiful setup right there. How about you, Tyler? Probably Idaho when I went with my buddy Adam on an elk hunt. Okay. Uh, just being up on top of that mountains, I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful up there. Yeah. I would say my place is just right down the road here off of a 108. Um, there's a small um, oak tree that's on this knob, and it's just like a turkey home. And just to sit there and just hear them. I, you, and you never know where you're going to hear them from, but they love to come in that area. So I would say that's my favorite place is top of the head. But like you said, Alex, there's plenty more. Oh, yeah, I could go I mean, on all night about pretty There ain't places, nothing like I've a pretty seen. sunset coming up on an Illinois cornfield and you got that bow in your hand. But. Shoo, talk about it now. We, we talk, well, and, you know, Mr. Bobby, we and thanks to Cal Hardy for that, uh, for that awesome segment there. But um, as we go into, you know, the discussion of hunting, were you a deer hunter or a turkey hunter first coming up, and what are you now? Actually, when I was coming up as a, as a young man, uh, you know, just getting the – I killed my first deer at 10. So we grew up turkey – I mean, uh, excuse me, deer hunting and squirrel hunting and, you know, fishing because there wasn't any turkeys to hunt. Okay. I, I can remember as being a small boy – is seeing a small flock of five, four hens and a gobbler. And what we would, daddy would shut off the truck so they wouldn't fly or run too far off of our property. And I didn't actually get into turkey hunting until 1979. Um, when we finally got some turkeys and we started trying to manage more for turkeys and burning and different things to, to make it the habitat more better for them. So, I didn't have an opportunity as a young man, but I, I've heard tales of the old generations, how they did it, and it wasn't quite probably up to DNR rules <laughs> for, <laughs> for, for for us guys nowadays anyway. When when did you guys, so most people probably don't know this, but you guys also own Rogue Ammunition. And when, yes, sir. What year did you guys start this, and whose idea was behind this? Actually, mine and Jimmy's and Cody's, a young man that works in the shop with us, he and I love to play and test different things. And with the with the coming of TSS, we could just see it coming, especially when it got into sub-gauge guns and you could make them perform so good. I said, this is going to be a thing, guys. So we just started playing with it probably six or seven years ago. And it got where... All our buddies would come, see it shoot. They'd say, man, will you load us some? And then the next time, somebody else. And it got to be pretty doggone lucrative. And I said, well, Cody, we need to, you know, get in this thing and, and, and maybe see where it'll go. And so last year was our first official year. We were just 
uh, on the internet sales, but this year we've actually accumulated probably 10 to 15 stores because our inventory is, is, is small still. And we're loading these things all by hand. My wife and I and uh, Cody, we lo- loaded over 126,000 pulls by hand last year for this year's season. And it has gone unbelievable. Our, uh, our customers are really, you know, loving the product. It's working really good. And, and we just put all our enthusiasm and effort behind that now, just like we have Jeff's choke. And we designed it around Jeff's choke, so it's kind of a plus if you call in on a choke tube. If you're not set on a, another ammo, we can lead you in the right direction and make it, you know, even that much better for you and easier. Alex got to see that firsthand right there here in the bottom. When I sighted <laughs> that gun in, I slung, because I bought a couple boxes from you guys, bought a couple boxes, slung that thing in last thing. <laughs> I said, boy, that right there's got a little bit more powder you than them other ones. Kidding. I'd hate to see a three and a half in one of them to do to your shoulder out of one of them eight thirty five Mossberg, son. It'd, it'd put me on my rear, I guarantee you. Boy, they kick you like a mule. I'm gonna tell you, we call that three and a half inch. That's a that's a kind of a dump truck load. If you shooting at a if you shooting at a turkey, you better have a dump truck because you're gonna kill red birds, squirrels, rabbits, everything that's on the other receiving end of that thing. Because I'm telling you, it's awful. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's good stuff. And and with that, what makes it kick so much harder? Is it more powder? Is it a tighter you know wad in there? I mean, what what's the the, the thought it's on the, your part behind it? It's the actual weight. It's the actual weight of the tungsten. Tungsten's 18 cubic grams per centimeter, per cubic centimeter, and lead is about six or seven. So you can take a, an ounce and a half of lead and an ounce and a half of tungsten, and the grains of it is tremendous amount of difference in weight. And but that's also what makes it so devastatingly good is because you can reduce the shot size to a number nine and it still has the same kinetic energy as the number four heavy so it's a no-brainer when i can shoot 400 number nines in 10 inches versus 160 number four shot at 40 yards in 10 inches uh you got a lot more chances to kill the gobbler which in then turn makes it a long-range gun if if you so choose. Now, I don't advocate everybody shooting them far, but that's kind of where it's, this thing is gone because you actually can do it. Yeah, and I think that goes, you know, could be a discussion for, for any topic as it goes into shooting anything. I mean, the way that muzzle loaders have changed over the years, the way that, you know, the, the tungsten has changed the long-range shooting or long-range optics for predator hunting, whatever it may be, it's it's made you more efficient in long-range capabilities, but it's also increased the opportunity for hunters to be successful in short-range opportunities. I've missed, you know, I've missed deer at 20 yards, and I know you've missed turkeys, Nick, at, at 15 You got to keep bringing it up. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I didn't want to pick on Mr. Bobby here. I didn't know if he missed any of that close. But. I'll get on to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it, it makes you more efficient as a, as a hunter, and, you know, we've brought this up a lot, and it's kind of faded away with the times and being a steward to the outdoors and being a, a better steward to being ethical. You know, you're killing that animal that much faster with a better product. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Mr. Bobby. Is TSS, I don't know if this is even legal, is TSS legal for duck hunting? Yes, sir, it is. Actually, there's several companies out there loading some TSS loads. Um you know, the the whole environmental thing is with lead shots. So people are definitely have gone to Bisbeth and, you know, uh, steel and different loads. But now the tungsten has come on, and it's it's super effective. The only, I guess, drawback with tungsten is it's more expensive because the, the only the tungsten mines that I know of where we can buy actual tungsten as a manufacturer from China. So they kind of hold the market to whatever they want it to. Um, so at the price point, it is more expensive than steel and bismuth at this time, but it's very effective if you so choose to shoot it, it, it ducks, that's for sure. Are a lot of people switching nowadays to that or is it just still the money? You know, I, the duck camps that I get to go to and see, there are definitely guys that don't mind a bit paying 
$26, for a box of shells or even more, you know. Um, I'm, I'm kind of the old cheapskate. I still shoot about a $14 box, but as long as I can keep getting the job done, I ain't going to worry about it. But, hey, everybody's got, you know, to each his own. And if, if that's what you so choose, man, do it. If whatever makes you happy, that's that's what it's all about is getting out there and being happy and doing what you love. Now, those those choke sizes that we're talking about, were those only for turkeys or are those also for duck and geese? No, so that that is just our uh, turkey line. Okay. Um, we, we have what we call, that's our headhunter line in turkey. And then we have what we call our high voltage line. And our high voltage line starts at 685. And then we have a 690, a 695. And then what we call a CR, which is 700 to 705. Like I said, it depends on the, the barrel manufacturer size to start with. But and that sounds crazy because you say, well, Bobby just said that a fool is 700, and that's 685 and still makes it tighter than that. Yeah, that's exactly right, but it's the design of the tube that allows us to do that with the fourth staging of the tube and the multi-progressiveness of the tube. We're not cramming it all at one time. We're actually doing it in, in steps. And you think, well, in milliseconds that can happen? It really can. And we've actually just uh, new videos come out by Mr. Jimmy Schaefer that actually shows the exit of the shot and the cup and how it actually pulls that shot out of that cup and keeps it in a smaller shot string. And, and it just allows the patterns to be beautiful. I mean, steel shot used to not pattern well. We can make it a beautiful 30 to 25 to 20 inch pattern if you so choose. Um, with steel shot or anything else, it, 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 it manipulates it just as good as it does turkey loads. That's what I need, that bigger one. Make that bigger circle come in for sure. <laughs> Me too. Does uh, the does a choke tube wear out? What we do, we we uh, we actually heat treat all our stuff to 40 Rockwell. Um, the, your barrel is 28. 2829 on the Rockwell hardness scale. So we try to heat our stuff, uh, have it sent off the heat treat to raise the hardness to 40, 42. Um, will they shoot out? We do have some duck guys that shoot four or five cases a year. Um, and we've replaced a couple in the 11 years, not many. Um, I think for your average shooter, definitely turkey hunter, you'd never wear one out, but maybe if you, go to Argentina or you shoot ducks, you know, by the case, 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 you probably could wear it out, but we build it out of the very best steel. And then, like I say, heat treat it to try to save that, but we have a money back guarantee. If, if you, you know, have it and it does wear out and you call us, Hey, we replace it in no charge. That's pretty, pretty well, neat concept to think about. And if the I way show, my turkey season's going, it ain't going to be wore out. <laughs> We're two weeks in. Let's well, settle down now. Let's not get too excited here. You you went know, you went three for three last year. I'm impatient. So I, I know. I understand. I, I, can, I can tell that I'm ready already. to try that new Jeff's choke I got out from my 20 gauge. <laughs> and is that the most common choke that y'all sell nowadays is the 20 gauge? You know, it's crazy. Uh, 20 gauge is probably in the top two, but I would say probably right there alongside not very much difference is a 410. Well, the 410 craze has gone absolutely crazy. We cannot keep them in stock. And and you've got great companies out there now that's the, the gun manufacturers that's jumped on the bandwagon and they're coming out with, you know, my autos, not just single barrel 410s, which there are some awesome single barrels out there as well, but are really getting on that man wagon. And what it, what it allows you to do, if, if you've turkey hunted a long time like me, I don't have to kill every one of them. So if one does not close the distance where I can make a good ethical shot, I just say, thank you, Lord, for the experience, and I'll come back in the morning and hear you, old boy, and, and not worry about it. But, you know, there are all those guys out there that want to kill them all. So the 20 gauge probably is the best way to go. The 20 is the new 12 by far. Uh, in 1980, I had a gun. If I could kill one 30, 35 yards, I was ecstatic. That 20 gauge with TSS, I'm 45, 50 yards to walk in the park. 
And I don't want to say how far customers tell me all the time that they kill them at because I was like, golly, I can't even tell if it's called, but my eyes have got a hole now <laughs> at that range. But I'm telling you, it, it is crazy what you can do with it. Well, tell us what your setup is, Mr. Bobby. I've got, and I, I love to do different things. Two years ago, I took a pistol that we made at Cogger Arms, which is another company of ours, and we built a 410 bolt action pistol, and I killed the uh, the, the American slam with it, the, the, all the turkeys in the United States. And so this year, I wanted to kind of give it back to my grandfather's time. I got a double barrel 410 uh, shotgun with our choke tubes in the end, shooting our nine and a half rogue load, and at 45 yards, it's 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 smoke. I mean, you, you don't have to worry. You can do anything with that gun that I could have done 25 years ago with a 12 gauge. It's a over under or side by side. Side by side, double barrel. Oh, I got I got one like that. It don't got a pin on it that folds it completely in half, does it? No, sir. It, it's a, it's it's a regular. You know where you thumb over and break it down and it ejects the two shells. It's just your standard double barrel TriStar, um, and, and man, that that thing is great. We sell a lot of those guns. Uh, we actually won two world championships, two world records, and two world championships with that TriStar line. And it, you know, a lot of people don't know about, but that's a great little shotgun for the money out there. Did you hear what he said? A bolt action pistol. Yeah, you ain't never seen them. I've bolt never action? seen a bolt action pistol. They're pretty neat. They're set like an uh, encore style kind of. Like, I don't know if you've seen the break action encores. There's just a, a bolt not. action. They're pretty neat. When did you do that? Think, go ahead. I'm sorry. When, no, go ahead. We we build custom rifles and we we make a short action, long action. And I told my partner, I said, you know, I want to do something kind of nobody's ever done. Wanted to be on that line of the Thompson contender because I shot Thompson contenders all my life and killed a bunch of deer with them. But we, when we put choke tubes in them, you know, actually took the barrels off and, and, and put a choke pocket in and put our choke tube in them, we still couldn't manipulate the shot because of the rifling and the oversize of the bore. Because to be legal, it has to be 18 inches. Well, the Encore barrel is only about 14 in most cases. So to have a pistol with 14 inches, it's got to have rifling to shoot the 45 caliber as well. So we found out that we couldn't do that. So we actually made a 15-inch barrel but made the overall length 26 inches and put our small action 6.5, uh, converted it to a 410 uh, clip fed. And it's a four-shot clip fed, and it works awesome. You can uh, – 40 yards, I can kill a turkey with that pistol just as easy as any shotgun I've ever had. Well, you talking my language now, Mr. Bobby. You didn't talking about them rifles and stuff. That's a that's pretty pretty neat concept there. And you said y'all, y'all's other company that y'all have, y'all build some rifles? Yeah, so we started – we built our own actions um, right in-house. We've done – for years, this company that I bought into had done uh, OEM work for many rifle companies and many gun manufacturers. So we just decided when I came along, I said, I'm kind of one of those guys think outside the box. I said, let's do our own deal. So we just started this company about up for our own stuff about three years ago. And now we're, we've got about a hundred rifles in in the build process right now for different customers. We build any caliber you want. Uh, we put carbon barrels, uh, stainless barrels, anything you want, customize the bolt, the action, anything, right down to the shotgun version we make. And it, it's, it's fun. I love playing with that. Daddy said, if you ever find something you love, you never have to go to work. Guys, I'm doing it. I get to do it every day. Oh, that's awesome. Let me ask you this, because Alex brought this up to our attention the other day. These guys are buying these shotguns. Like a, Let's just say I'm going to use an M2 for an example. They're buying an M2 putting a red dot on it, pattern it, and then they're selling it. Are you guys doing that? Yes, sir, 100%. Um, we we found a, a certain class of people that will call and ask us what we shoot, and, you know, it, it may be a TriStar or a Benelli or whatever, and we've opened up a, uh, what we call a Jeb's Pro Shop. You can come in there and show us what you want or call it in. We'll set it up, uh, put you a drill and tap it, if we have to, put your birth fast fire on there or whatever you want. If you want to go a scope, we'll do that too. But 
Chariots of the Rain, side of deal with Rogue Ammo, and when you come pick it up, it is ready to go to the Turkey Woods 100%. You don't have to do any trial and error or anything. That's pretty neat. That's a it, it, well, very, very handy for people. Well, you think about this. Now, it, you and I and, and uh, Mark went down here to shoot your shotgun, and I was actually reading the Burris Fast Fire adjustments on YouTube, watched a YouTube video on how to do that. Now, we've got enough sense with guns that we can put our heads together and, and fumble our way through it. About any, about any kind of gun out there, that we'll figure it out. There's a lot of people that don't. And this concept enables that person to be able to be successful and not be as frustrated with that stuff. So, yeah, it's awful nice to be able to go out and tune it in yourself and know that you've done that. But there's some folks that don't have the, the place to do that. They ain't got a place to shoot a shotgun and tune it in. No, and they don't want to go to hunting camp and run their birds off. <laughs> or they don't. They don't. They can't do it on public land, uh-uh. so they don't go there. So, what a concept it is to build an out of the box, ready to go, jibs loaded for bear pump station, and put it in your hands and say, "Go kill with it." What's the name of y'all shotgun line? Uh, we are, right now we we'll, we sell any kind, um, but I do have a TriStar dealership, and the TriStar is our number one seller, mainly because the 410, they make several different uh, models of 410 and semi-auto, and it has been such a huge seller. Everybody that comes by and sees us shoot one, that's exactly what he wants. Because, one, he's never seen a 410, and up until recently me either, that you could kill anything past 20 yards, but that's 45. That's what I need right there. That's, be, that's my style of shotgun. I'm, I'm 6'2", 150 pounds soaking wet. Put me a 410 in my hands. I need that. It won't hurt as bad. <laughs> hey, you can put that no in your... No recoil. Uh, yes, sir. It's awesome. No recoil. And lightweight. And what's so great about it is like when my son was coming along... All I had was a couple of 410s that my father passed down, but still the ammo of the day, and it was not choked. Ten yards would have been pushing it to kill a turkey. Well, now I can take my grandson and kill one at the same distance that I could have killed one 30 years ago. You know, being at 40 yards was our max. Now we can do it with him, and he doesn't have to take a beating of the heavier gauge gun. You can get him in the woods sooner, in other words. Mr. Bob, you done got Alex over here online. He's already shopping. I'm already shopping for TriStar <laughs> shotguns. I'm, I'm looking them up right now, seeing if one of them 410s might fit, fit my tall. You can put that in your uh, vest stuff. when you go coyote hunting. I, I ain't want no pistol. <laughs> I, I'd wind up my foot blowed off of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bobby, I, I always kind of wrap up the show here with a couple questions. I got um, all around, what's the best piece of advice you could give someone hands down? Uh you know, if you're if you're new getting into this, try to find somebody or, or listen to a show that, that have people on it that are so vested in it like we are, that we want everybody to go to woods to have that ultimate experience hunting-wise and, and uh, equipment-wise. We don't want you to have to worry about anything that that gun's going to perform and do like it should. So... If you'll find that person or get online and do your research, there are all those people out there. And usually people in the hunting industry are some of the greatest people in the world. I say it all the time. Everybody's willing to help everybody. If you've never been or you're the guy that's hunted 40 years, if you want to learn something, it's out there and somebody will help you with it. That's awesome. Mr. Bobby, you've been around the woods a long time, and I asked, I started asking this question the other day. What's the strangest thing you've ever seen outdoors? Uh, I saw, I had an owl come in one time and, and knock my hat off when I was yelping. And doggone if I didn't about make my mule come untied. I'm going to be honest with you. I was sitting there. <laughs> I was listening to a turkey gobble in the tree, and I saw the old owl. He flew up there about 35, 40 yards, and he was eyeballing me, you know, and I was yelping just a little bit. And old gobbler was gobbler, but the next thing I know, that joker popped out of that tree and knocked my hat off. Now, I didn't know where to run or or, or do what. Now, I, I tore the leaves up pretty well. Needless to say, I didn't kill the turkey that, that morning. <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome. I love it. Uh, Mr. Bobby, lastly, I want to thank you for coming on here and taking your time out this afternoon. I know it's kind of a long time coming, and 
it was an honor to shake your hand and meet you at Nashville. And um, before I before I say farewell on this on this episode, what are you most thankful for? One, Jesus Christ. He's he's my Lord and Savior, and I could not have done any of this. Jimmy could have not have done any of this without him. Uh, we put all our faith in him. I'm telling you, there's been times where we did not think that it was, you know, that it was going to go or, or we got taken advantage of in different situations and somebody would bring to my attention, you know, the Lord didn't bring you this far to, you know, just throw his hands up, stay with it, stay the course, you know, and, and we have, and I can't, I can't say enough about, you know, family and, 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 and Christian, uh, way of life. It's just, it's just, it's just meant the world to me. And it, it has, it has made, me, somebody who didn't really know anything about the hunting industry, the only way I could have been successful is through him. Uh, amen, man. I couldn't ask for a better answer, and I think that's always the answer we're looking for. And again, Mr. Bobby, I appreciate it. Tyler, Caleb, y'all got anything? Y'all have any questions for, for him before we let him go? Y'all good? Yeah. All right, Alex. Well, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time, and it's good to put a, a man behind a brand. Um, in a lot of aspects, we don't get the opportunity to find out who they are. Um, and for me, this brings us down to the final spit of the night. And Mr. Bobby and, and what they've built at Jeb's Chokes, they're not only tightening down patterns, they're tightening down a community. And he's from right here in Georgia, and he's made it very clear, as we do, an expression of faith is what's kept him going all these years. And maybe if we just put a little bit more faith in the things that we want to do, we'd be a lot more successful in it. I think for us learning about chokes, it really ain't, ain't what this episode was about to me. It's, it's learning. You just got to keep driving and keep your faith in God and, and it'll be there at the end, no matter what the situation it puts in front of you. If you want to find out more about Jeb's chokes, you can go over to their website, check it out and see what they're all about. And I promise you, if you pick up the phone and call them and, and talk to them, they'll be more than happy to help you out. You can also find them on the social media, and, and I'm sure anybody out there that's got any uh, testimony to Jeb's or to Rogue Ammunition. And now that these Tri-Stars are, are about, I've got one. I might be calling them, uh, lining me up a, a little old 410 for, for some turkey hunting that I don't even do. I mean, it'll be just <laughs> one that sits in the safe and not gets used. But... Mr. Bobby, we want to thank you for coming on, and uh, we look forward to to speaking with you, whether it's on air again or or running into you in the future or doing anything we can to help you guys out. Well, I just want to thank you all so much for having us on here. It's a it's an honor and a privilege for us to to actually get to talk about something we love, especially people who who are like minded and love love the outdoor sports. And and we just can't tell you enough how much we appreciate it. And, God bless you guys. And anytime y'all need anything, hey, don't hesitate to text or call or come down here and we'll get on the range and we'll shoot some. Hey, I can I could definitely uh, definitely get on board with that. Well, Nicholas, that brings us down to the closing. And uh, as we say, you can't help but listen to this episode and smile as you go. And uh, we hope to make many more memories behind those old Jeb's jokes. <laughs> Amen. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of eating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, 
and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need? Or is your construction site needing a dumpster? Give our buddy Tony at Georgia Junk and Dumpster Rental a call. With services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs, Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. 